You're listening to Never Sleeps Network. Hey, it's Bilal Bakani at Bilal V87 on Twitter and Instagram. And somehow SmackDown made things worse. I'm joined by good old AR, Alex Ross, and my second favorite Daniel, Daniel Shahori. Uh, boys, I want to get right into this because eh, I don't really want to talk to you guys that long. The SmackDown championships were on the line again, and it was a triple threat again. It was a reverse triple threat with Biggie, The Miz, and I forget which Uso, and no ladders. Most important question to Daniel first, which Uso was it? Was it Jay or was it Jimmy? Jay. Okay, so somebody knows. Alex, be honest, you can never tell them apart, can you? I I don't even know who the Usos are, really. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't tell them apart. I just remember Michael Cole saying Jay. Okay, so you paid more attention than me. Um, uh, you know, the Big E won the title here, uh, and they nicely cut in video from Kofi and Xavier Woods, and this put, this put some one reign behind the Dudley boys for the most ever. So, I don't know. I kind of like this. This isn't what I wanted, but I'll take it. Like, Daniel, I guess we're – this is something, right? Well, I think it, it wasn't until they mentioned the Dudleys where it's like, oh, okay, so that's it. They just hmm. – you might as well have this team be that leader. Like that could be their thing. And uh, the, Us- the Usos could chase him down eventually. Alex, did this do anything for you? You know what? I love that Dudley run when Devon went on himself by himself to win all those tag team championships. I love that. Isn't that a, a bullshit way to win tag team championships? Like I'm, I'm so confused why they're still continuing with this why don't even just make it a crazy like separate the titles and Mm. one at a time you have to win the belts and then not until you have both tag team belts that you are the tag champions but it's clear Mm. that the tag champions were decided by who has the most podcasts youtube channels it twitter celebrations that's Mm. why big e won yeah no i think that's a good point he's a big social media star who knows about the miz's health and, you know, I, the Usos, like, the funny thing is, the Uso, and I still, I don't, I don't know which one it was, cut a really good promo. Biggie actually cut a pretty good promo, too. And even, the, like, the promos that were sprinkled throughout the night were pretty good. I think all three promos were really good. Uh, and this was, I'm going to tell you right now, Daniel, this was a hell of a lot better than whatever the hell that Moxley-Hager match was on uh, Dynamite this week. That was trash. Really? Yeah, I just... I couldn't have cared less about that. Wow. You know, I'm glad they found a way to shoehorn JR in there, but that thing fell about as flat as the Champ Gargano match from the week before. Uh, well, if we're, if we're, if we're going to talk about that for a second, I, I thought that was the best one out of all of those matches. That was the one that uh, maybe it was JR. I don't know what it was, but it was uh, – I certainly liked it better than, than – and I liked the, t- uh, the, the, the match tonight. I thought it was fine. It was a fine uh, TV triple threat for what it was. Uh, I, and when Biggie won, I was like, okay. Uh, but I, I, I really liked uh, – it, it may be 10 minutes too long, but I really liked uh, uh, Moxley and Hager. I'm glad somebody did. Um, all right, so, a lot let's of be people honest. like that, man. No, I know, I know. There's a lot of AEW marks. But it's all downhill from here. I'm not going to pretend this SmackDown was especially great. So let's, uh, let's go down, and I've reordered this to try to make it more palatable, and yeah, I think you guys will enjoy what comes last because it definitely was the worst thing on this show. But uh, the second best thing was arguably the tag team champions, Alexa and Nikki, the new tag team champions, 
their moment of bliss where they introduced Braun Strowman, the new Universal Champion. And we also reminded Corey Graves is back once again on SmackDown after being away for a bit. And they sort of talked, they made mention to the fact that Nikki and Alexa would be defending their tag team titles against Car- uh, Carmella and Dana Brooke, which I appreciated. And we got more from them later. And we did go back to Bray. We saw a bit of what happened last week. And then I don't know how, when you're in a ring with Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross, that your eyes would wander as the single guy Braun Strowman's been portrayed as and someone who I don't know, almost loves Alexa. He somehow noticed a random gift in the ring and stopped his segment to go get this gift. And he thought foolishly it was from Alexa. And despite the fact she made it very clear it wasn't from her. But who knows, maybe Nikki Crazy gave him a gift. But it was his old mask from the Wyatt family. And then we heard Wyatt laugh as the uh, shot of the old Braun Strowman with the mask came up. And look, I wanted puppets. I wanted puppets in the crowd. I wanted the Firefly Funhouse superimposed all over the place. Uh, But we did get that with John Cena. So I thought, Daniel, this was not perfect, but pretty damn good. It was good. Uh, uh, However, there's there's a lot of really bad acting on this show tonight. Uh, this was a big part of it, but for, it, it was fine. It was fine. Uh, but they're going to have trouble with this uh, feud. Mm-hmm. They're doing Bray and Braun, and now they've lost both of the other Wyatt family members recently. So when they edit this footage, they're just gonna, there's going to be a lot of glaring gaps mm-hmm. in these promos going forward. Well, I don't think they let go of Rowan. Uh, Rowan was part of the cuts this week, yeah. correct? Okay, I didn't even know. There's been so many... Cuts from WWE, I've lost track, uh, and I'd rather not even think about it. Alex, does this do anything for you? Uh, I don't understand the Braun Strowman Alexa Bliss thing, maybe because I'm so <laughs> casual. They, are, they just have such, like, differing energies that they're, they can't really click on camera. I think that's part of the bad acting is they're both reaching for different things and they're not connecting. I, I mean, I like the bit. You know, this magical gift appears. The fact that there's no audience, they can get away with people not screaming stuff and giving away stuff. Mm. So I look forward to whatever this match is, which clearly now when we have The Fiend, any match name he can just pull out of his ass. So it's the the Black Sheep Mask match. And then it's going to be the Slop Bucket Funhouse, man. Like, I'm just waiting for the uh, next new innovative match. But you know what? It'll be, it'll be good. It'll be different. And the Wyatt character has been saved from being killed by Goldberg. And uh, it'll be very interesting to see if Braun keeps the title or if they go right back to Wyatt. I actually think, like, Daniel, this is a 50-50 proposition. They could go either way. You think? Uh, I, I, yeah, that'd be weird if they just put it back on Bray suddenly because then you have the same problem mm-hmm. as you did before where how do you beat this character? Yeah. Uh, uh, I, and there's no going to Saudi Arabia to do it this time. Very true. Alex, are, do you feel that way? Do you feel like this is an equal matchup between Strowman and The Fiend or do you have a favorite? I want to see them lose and win to each other mm-hmm. for as long as quarantine lasts. You got two big boys. Yeah. It really doesn't matter that the belt is a part of this, but it gives them the reason to constantly be pinned against each other. Mm-hmm. You know, the theme had all these kind of pops with John Cena, but I want to see them work. I want to see both of these guys work. And I think we will finally. Yeah, no, that's a great point. You don't need the belt, and the belt's there. And who else are you going to give the belt to? Cesaro? We'll get to him later. 
uh, and that's never going to happen. We, and uh, things kept going downhill. Sasha Banks took on Tamina. No one's meaner than Tamina, apparently. Uh, Sasha Banks, uh, sorry, Bailey was on commentary. Uh, and she was very good on commentary. And this match was good until Lacey Evans came out yeah. just to spite Sasha Banks. And then we got a weird promo backstage where Lacey, I guess, was headhunting Sasha Banks because that's something an American hero would do is hold a grudge and just hunt somebody down. And she had tattooed Sasha Banks' name with like a right to censor logo. And it's obviously not a permanent tattoo. So I, I just I started to think about this too much. And the entire thing kind of fell flat. At the end of this, we're eventually going to get Sasha versus Bailey. And when they asked Bailey about this, it was pretty compelling. But Jesus, Daniel, we are going to have to go through a lot of Lacey Evans and Tamina doing whatever they're doing, which is not a lot, to get to the match we want. Um, and I'm not exactly looking forward to any of it. No, because again, since the, the, the one consistent thing about Lacey Evans is that she's been so inconsistent. Her character yeah. is so confusing. Uh, and and like, I couldn't tell if she was heel or face when she was backstage talking to, what's her name? Uh, I don't remember Kayla, maybe? Right. Uh, but I was like, who are you? And again, th this, this character is so weird. So I don't know. No, I'm not. I agree. I am not looking forward to this because I'm always going to be like, why are you dressed? Like I still can't get past the way they dress her. Yeah, no, it's very bizarre. Alex, what did you make of all this? That hit on Bailey was awesome. Yeah. This, is the, this sure. is the best version of Lacey Evans we've seen. I know, Daniel, you keep harping on how they tear You're, you're right. Her, but this is, it is the best version. It, yeah. It's still confusing, but it, you're, it, you're right. It is the best version. <laughs> they got to keep her on this track mm -hmm. and it gives her more of a reason to be in the mix. I got to give it up to Tamina though. Did you see how sweaty and how much she actually had to work in that match versus the botchamania that was Sasha Banks? Like Tamina comes out of there pretty impressive looking. Bailey, you know, she's got her Chris Jericho vibes with the announcers. You know, it was okay. But when Lacey Evans came in, that's when I saw some real star power. Well, and I, the funny thing with this is the Lacey-Sasha rivalry, which has nothing to do with the belt, is the rivalry. It's not – Bailey-Sasha can get there, but it's, it's sort of amazing that at this point, the focal point is Bailey's backup, Sasha Banks, and Tamina's backup, Lacey Evans, neither of whom were in the title picture tonight. The only stipulation here was Tamina could win a title shot she didn't, so nothing was accomplished. And yet we come away talking about Lacey and Sasha, which is hilarious. Um, speaking of the women's division being a mess, Carmella and Dana Brooke were arguing about Dana Brooke being in the Money in the Bank match. And cut to next week when I'm sure Carmella will be in one. Carmella was ripping Dana. She said, how can you be in this match? We're going for the tag team titles. How dare you? Although I feel like if you won the Money in the Bank, you could cash in on the tag team champions, hypothetically. So that was a very weird point. And again, there's no way Carmella is not going to be in a Money in the Bank qualifying match. She's won it before. You think if anyone would... She won the first Money in the Bank. How can she not understand this? Uh, this was ridiculous, and it made their entire team look like a joke, so it really bugged me. And then we had the match with Dana Brooke and Naomi. And Dana Brooke won! Dana Brooke uh -huh. beat Naomi, who should be the favorite for this match. And now Dana Brooke is in the... She has a tag team title shot next week. 
She has knocked out the favorite for the money in the bank outside of maybe Jaina Baszler or maybe Asuka, but Asuka doesn't need it. So um, in a month is, and by the way, Naomi was crying, sold it well. The actual shock by Dana where she hugs Michael Cole, you know, nobody wants to do that. That was pretty good. That was well sold. But Alex, can you imagine a world where next week Dana Brooke becomes one half of the tag team champions with Carmella, who they, in two conversations they can't get along, and then she wins the Money in the Bank briefcase, and she could go and cash it in on Raw and win the title from Becky Lynch, and she could hold two different belts on two different shows and be sharing the, the, the tag titles with someone who didn't think she should have even been in a qualifying match. Am I taking crazy pills? No, you're not. Only because Dana is such a star that they're going to spread her between Raw and SmackDown. Exactly that strategy is going to happen. And Naomi, you know how strong I think she is. They mm. just have to keep her in SmackDown because she's mm. exciting there. There's enough excitement in the women's division with Char- at SmackDown with mm. Charlotte leaving Raw. Mm. That's why Dana has to go and bring her star power over there. Dana, you know, as much as I love Naomi... Dana's got star power too, and that's why they're going to give her as much screen time as possible. Oh, I don't see it. Daniel? I could see her winning Money in the Bank. They, they oh. really made a big uh, – at the very least, uh, they made a big deal that this was the biggest win of her career. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that was a positive because it probably was. So I, I wouldn't be shocked if they let her hold the briefcase. Uh, I, you know, this is someone who was murdered by Ronda Rousey not that long ago and not in respectable fashion. Who? But, you know, if Ronda Rousey's going to kill you, how are you going to win the money in the bank from Shayna Baszler? I, I just, it's just such a ridiculous scenario. Well, I just assume Shayna rips her to shreds in this match. Maybe. She should. She really should. She should. Because but she also should have won it. Right. The one who won the Elimination Chamber, you, what, yeah. she's going to win this as well? I, I think they have to rehabilitate Shayna Baszler. I think it's the, they, they mm-hmm. have written themselves into a corner where – Becky Lynch, whose gimmick is falling apart, let's be honest, it's not going anywhere. And they, they, they wasted the chance to put the title on Baszler, and now you go into Money in the Bank, she's in there with Austin. That tells that they might not. So why yeah, bother with her? This is why I'm saying why give this to her now, because they probably won't. They, this is why I can see a Dana Brooke. They're making a big deal about her now. I don't know. The way Baszler won on Monday night, she basically broke Sarah Logan's arm, and then you have uh, Dana, Dana Brooke here, getting a roll-up. Like, I guess it was a sunset flip she kind of botched. And then she was shocked. Like, I think she admitted to Michael Cole it was the biggest win of her career, and Baszler's already killed everyone on Raw in an elimination chamber. I don't know. I really hope I'm right. Uh, I like Dana Brooke. She's a hard worker. She's a likable person. But she is very – she's like a tier above where she should be right now. She shouldn't even be in the tag team title match. She should be in the Money in the Bank match. Like, she should be jobbing out to everyone else who I've mentioned here. Doesn't uh, mean they won't let her win it. I've I got to be yeah. honest. If, if you wanted me to do the power rankings of main roster women who are still employed by WWE, Dana Brooks at the bottom. I, I don't see her as anything more than a jobber. Um, and, and Carmella, she's not a, you know, her time has kind of come and gone. But anyways, uh, there was another Money in the Bank match. Cesaro, exactly. You're making Cesaro. an argument for Dana Brooke. I guess. Cesaro had Shinsuke, but not Sami Zayn with him as he took on Daniel Bryan with Drew Gulak, of course. Uh, I also realized that the Money Money in the Bank match is apparently a corporate ladder thing. I love that. I was waiting to talk about this. I think this sounds a lot of fun. 
it sounds like something you shouldn't do during a global pandemic. Um, <laughs> like I just, it's bad enough you're doing a money in the bank match and you've decided to hold it at your corporate headquarters, which I would think if it was any other business would be abandoned. This is Vince McMahon's company. I imagine everybody is going into work. Essential. Yeah. Essential. Uh, I don't, uh, but anyways, to, well, maybe we'll get back to that. But to this match, I, Daniel Bryan is immune compromised. He has his second child on the way. He said he doesn't want to be a full-time wrestler. And yet he loses or wins against Cesaro and is now going to be in the Money in the Bank match, which he doesn't have to do this. And I'll go to Daniel Shihori just for the sake of Daniels. Uh, this is just Daniel Bryan not knowing when to say no, isn't it? Or he he's a company man. He likes to be, you know, he likes to be the guy, right? Like uh, the, he'll say yes. Uh, pardon the pun on him, but he'll say yes until he absolutely has a reason not to, like Saudi Arabia. Otherwise, he's going to do what they tell them, clearly. Yeah. Uh, why, but, you're, but I agree with you. He doesn't need this. But no. I guess while he's there, there, he's going to, I don't know, maybe after this week he's thinking, hey, I'm just lucky to have a job, so I'm mm-hmm. going to do what they tell me to do. Yeah, Daniel hitting it on the head there. It's I think Daniel Bryan's... Uh, job perspective changed different. It was like, I, I think weeks and weeks ago he was under the impression that he was just going to do this part time. And yep. now that he's still on the roster and this is his time to make some money. I think he's just working. Like I think he realizes he needs to be there and he does have star power. He's such, such mm-hmm. a likable, he's just so over without trying that they really kept a lot of the guys on the roster that were already really over. So mm-hmm. they don't need an audience necessarily to like help a face go baby face and a heel go more heel. And they got to stick to what's easy right now. And Daniel Bryan's super easy, but like, well, this is the other thing too. And I, I made a mistake earlier when we were talking about Dana Brooke, they have billed this as if you win the briefcase, you can challenge for your own brand's championship. So let's, let's play a little hypothetical game. If Daniel Bryan won, he would be going against Braun Strowman, who he's already lost against. Uh, sorry, Bray Wyatt, who's already lost against, or Braun Strowman. I, I don't, it doesn't, he doesn't fit well here. Like, he's sort of only going to do this to, you know, essentially be a pawn in this match. And it's yes. all the more reason, Daniel, he shouldn't, you know, your fellow Daniel should know. I don't think he should do this. Like, I'm very worried for the guy, to be honest. He might be excited, like I am. I'm actually really excited to see what they're going to do with this this match in this building. So he, he might be thinking, this sounds like fun, because it's going to be, I guess it's going to be a cinematic match, or you think it'll be live? What do you think he, it's going to be? I think they would go cinematic, basing it on the main event and the way they cut the New Day members in. I think they're more open to that, and certainly some of the stuff we've seen with the Firefly Funhouse as well. I think... It would be odd if, especially in an office, they've, even before all this, we've seen them, Daniel, go to their offices and film a bunch of stuff and film matches and, well, not matches, but fights and stuff. Um, So I think they will do that, uh, especially since the production people are definitely still in that office. Um, And and Alex, I think that makes it a more appealing prospect for sure. 100%. I want to see cinematic uh, headliner, I think, saving the small stuff for the ring and then leading up to a big cinematic match. As long as it's interesting and exciting i don't see the difference between being in the ring or cinematic match moving on uh we got a bit of the hacker i think it happened during this match and this was sort of it's obviously mustafa ali like he's still in the credits of smackdown and he's been gone for six months so if it's not mustafa ali uh, he's probably fired 
but I think it's Mustafa Ali. Um, so, but in this video, it got very interesting because of course he was involved in the Mandy and Otis storyline, but here he sort of highlighted a variety of teams and Daniel, tell me if I miss anyone or Alex, he brought up the Usos, brought up, Ale brought up Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross, the tag team champions, Miz and Morrison, Bailey and Sasha, and the New Day, all three members of the New Day. And the implication was, from what I understood, Daniel, that he has, he has, and this is Mustafa Ali, he has this footage and he's going to break up all these teams. That's the sense I got and I hope happens. Wow. What do you, uh, if they do something like that, I'll be really impressed. Because to me, this company doesn't think that like that. They don't think that mm. far ahead for storylines. Uh, that would be, when you said that, I was like, yes, that would be fun if they do that. I don't see that. I, I, I took that as the character, whoever it is, saying, mm. I have my eyes on all of you, on everybody. Uh, that's what I took that as. Not that there was a big interwoven uh, storyline coming, but I hope you're right. Yeah, I'm going to fantasy book all of it. But before I do, Alex, your reaction before I go absolutely crazy? I don't, I don't get it. Okay, so perfect time for me to fantasy book, and then I'll let you jump back in. So here's how it would go in my mind. Usos just lost this match. They break up. They start a feud with each other. I finally figure out who's Jimmy and who's Jay. They get different haircuts. I don't know. Easy. <laughs> then we get to Alexa Bliss and Nikki. They lose the titles next week to Carmella and Dana Brooke inexplicably and going against what I think of Dana Brooke. And then the tension forms up. Nikki wants to be the star. Alexa won't let her. That one's an easier one to write because they were sort of a team no one thought would happen. The Miz and Morrison, they just lost their titles after this video. So you can easily break them up. And I want to see Morrison as a single star. Bailey and Sasha, they've already been sowing the seeds. The most interesting one is the New Day, the New Day because they just won the tag team titles. And now, this would be the last one. Obviously, this would be several months away. But maybe now, as the New Day watches all of these other teams fall apart, they start asking each other questions. And eventually, the member who isn't holding the tag team titles, which would be Xavier Woods, turns on the other two members, maybe eventually costs them the titles, and they all go their separate ways and eventually end up on different brands. I really, like, Alex, doesn't that sound amazing? This is all because of a hacker? Yes, because yeah. he's got footage, compromising footage, because, you know... Of it's all sort of, of them? On all this? That's for most quite the story. Like, the only team in there that I don't, I don't envision the situation specifically is the Usos. Like, the Usos, you're gonna, they're brothers. You're going to have to... But you do have Naomi on that brand. And Naomi could, especially now that Naomi's lost, she has no title prospects and she could break up the Usos. And that happened on this night as well. So I don't know. I'm giving WWE but all the credit here. The, all the seeds are here. That's a lot of credit, man. But everything lines up if they're but going to follow a plan, which I don't can know. I ask you, can I ask you one question about your theory? Because yeah. why? Why would the character do that? Because I've interviewed Mustafa Ali. He's a very smart guy. He's clearly this hacker. He's a former cop. He's got dirt on everyone. Okay, but why, why would he do that, though? I, I, I don't... I, why I does really, he care? Why would anyone... Break out? Yeah, yeah I, I, we know he's not Killer Cross, because Killer Cross yeah. is showing up on NXT. Um, it doesn't really work with this character, but I guess he's going to be a heel, and he's going to be this anonymous type, right. for Vendetta heel. That's hey, that's favorite. better than what I think they're going to do, so I, I hope you're right. Yeah, I listen, WWE... You can take that storyline. You don't have to pay me. Um, building off this, we got Sonya Deville 
She wanted to clear the air with Mandy Rose. She came out, and I think, Daniel, we were both thinking she was going to say she loved Mandy Rose. But at the last second, she did swerve, and she called Mandy selfish, which, not the greatest writing in the world, but at least it was not 100%. Or acting. Yeah, no, it was. And look, I like Sonya Deville. I've spoken to Sonya Deville. She's very nice. Uh, I think I have her on LinkedIn, but, but by a real name. Um, but, so, like, this was okay. Uh, and she made some good points. You know, she, would, she, she pointed out when they would have their group entrances, it was generally Mandy's music. Mandy Rose would be in the, you know, glossy sort of uh, Barbara Walters type filter. And her face would be blurred out in the process, which would piss the hell out of you if you were doing that for years. So she did a good job. Dolph Ziggler, I was going to call him a peacemaker, but I think he just wanted to have sex with Mandy Rose because he came out, tried to make a move on Mandy. And this is where it got weird because as he was trying to, you know, sort of tell Mandy, hey, how can you look at me and tell me you don't feel anything? Sonja's like, oh, screw this. I'm just going to punch you in the face. So she knocks out Mandy Rose. Otis, of course, comes out. uh, And Ziggler... Uh, attacks Otis, not Otis attacking Ziggler, which didn't make as much sense as it could have. And then Sonya, just by default, takes Ziggler's side. And Mandy doesn't really sell the Otis relationship that much. But I, I, I don't know. This just was like a level below what it should have been, Daniel. In every regard. Yes. It's like, it was just like how you're how you described it right up to the end where it didn't, you it didn't seem like you knew what was happening. Where, mm. Because I don't think they know. I think no. they, they booked it to this point to WrestleMania where he gets the girl. And now they don't know what to do with this story. That's what yeah. it looks like. And it's not clearly defined. And Alex, I'll add something that no. might help shed some light. Apparently the writer for this storyline was a woman, right. one of the only female writers in WWE. And of course she was fired. So now they're trying to tell this story without the female writer who arguably this story up until WrestleMania was maybe the best constructed narrative in WWE. And now they don't have the showrunner or the writer on it. Um, Alex, I don't know. Interesting. What do you think of this? Why don't they just make it into an intergender tag team match? They will. They will, but you're right. It wasn't defined well here. Like you're questioning that because it just – it didn't seem like Sonya, like Sonya obviously originally planned to work with Ziggler, but she was just using him. And it seems like Ziggler was only doing this to get with Mandy. So now there's no reason for them to work together. Like that's the problem is that if it was, oh, you know, me and Ziggler are buddies and I've known Mandy all this time, but really this guy was my real best friend and screw you, Mandy, you found another best friend, maybe. Right? And then where the hell is Bobby Roode in all this? He's just disappeared back to Canada, probably. I've lost interest. Oh, I forgot about him. (laughs) They took an interesting storyline and flushed it down the toilet. Yeah, and you're not even selling Mandy and Otis as a couple. Beauty and the Beast. It's always, he's so ugly, you're so beautiful, but Dolph is beautiful, you should be together, you can't be with Otis. It's so, like, ah, like basic. Well, maybe the biggest crime of all is the one person who didn't talk was Otis. And he's the best character in this thing. Exactly. Like, that's like doing Shrek and not giving Shrek any lines. I don't want to hear nice. Donkey and Fiona the whole time. Anyways, <laughs> um, we got Seamus taking on a job, or I'm not even going to name, because even Michael Cole couldn't pronounce this yeah. guy's name correctly. Um, I don't even know how. Seamus did his thing. He won. 
Uh, and then he quickly went to commentary and started uh, ripping them for bringing up Jeff Hardy. They played the Jeff Hardy documentary after this. They should have played it before. And then it would have made sense that Seamus would have been like, why are you playing that crap? This is my time. It wasn't executed well. But Daniel, I do want to see Seamus versus Jeff Hardy because they're building Jeff Hardy up when they don't have to. And then Seamus can just kill him. And Jeff can just be like, well, I wear, you know, I'm a whack, crazy high flyer. Nothing affects me. I'll be back in a month. Um, so that might work. Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting because they're both sort of on a comeback, both Seamus and Jeff Hardy, where they're both, they were both on hiatus for a while for different reasons. Uh, but they're both coming back at the same. I know Seamus is already back, but mm-hmm. so it's kind of, uh, I don't know what they're going to do with this. I, I'm assuming Seamus is going to go over here. Yeah, and eventually they finally put him, have a match. Yeah, and I, I would imagine he'd be a future opponent for Braun Strowman. Uh, yeah. Alex, are, did this, what does this do for you? Because I, I don't know how much you're a Sheamus fan or how much you follow him, but I know you know Jeff Hardy very well. Yeah, it's clear that uh, Jeff Hardy and Matt Hardy and AEW mm-hmm. are having some uprising every five to ten years. We bring out all the old guys to spark some new interest. <clears throat> Sheamus looked good. Uh, I really liked the beating he put on that jobber. What I really found interesting is how much more time Michael Cole is getting with the wrestlers. They're so scrapped for interactions with people that Michael Cole is getting like 200% more interactions with people. And it's, it's kind of obnoxious, but that's what Michael Cole's good at. I I like it. Well, you're right though. They should have had the uh, Jeff Hardy promo before Sheamus. Yeah, no, I think it the works. wrestlers can hear him now at the ringside because there's no crowd, mm-hmm. so the wrestlers can hear what he's saying on commentary. Yeah, which worked. I, I still think it's the show not tell kind of thing of it, where it just would have been so obvious. And Sheamus could have come out, and even before the match, he could have been upset about the video package with Jeff Hardy, right? But how great would it have been if that was playing backstage and Sheamus just broke kicked a monitor with Jeff Hardy's face on it? And it exploded. I don't know. For me, that would have been cool. Um, we yeah. moved to the very worst things on SmackDown. Elias was going to perform. Uh, thankfully, Baron Corbin interrupted him because we've all heard enough of Elias. And then, for some reason, this fight continued after the commercial break. I, I don't know why. Uh, I don't know why this match is still happening. I don't care. Uh, quickly, because we only have eight minutes left, and I don't care. Daniel, do you care? No, I was actually... I was, it irked me when I saw it. When I saw that happen, I was like, for, for F's sake, why? I thought Mania was the blow-off to this, but it yeah, wasn't. Exactly. That's it. My point exactly. Like, I, I guess at this point, Corbin's just going to have to kill him because he's done everything else. Like, there's nothing left. He, he Lion Kingdom, he, he was destroying him here. Like, clearly, like, Elias went to a medical facility in the middle of a global pandemic and wrestled eight days later completely annoyed any isolation orders. Yeah. And he has to go back to one now. He got, he got beat yeah. on. Yeah, he's going to die. Anyways, um, finally, I saved the absolute worst uh, for last. The Forgotten Sons. I didn't forget it. They got a video package. I honestly skipped this because I've watched everything they've done in NXT. Uh, Daniel, did you watch this? Just, uh, I watched the, the video that they made for them, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think they're going to be <laughs> – just what they're like. Just what the names. They're going to be forgotten. I don't mean this as a pun to be funny, mm-hmm. but they'll be forgotten in weeks, months after they debut. Alex, I don't know who you're talking about. <laughs> this is, see, this is the best thing. Is if my uh, hacker theory is correct, they're going to be the only tag team on SmackDown. Like every but other tag team will be gone. 
That's my other problem with your theory. You're going to decimate all these tag teams. Not it doesn't matter. Teams. doesn't matter. Tag teams are fought by individuals now. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. That's true. The Forgotten Sons were forgotten by the hacker, and therefore they will rise up as the new tag team champions. Or he's but got, yeah, no, probably he's got no dirt on them. Yeah, well, I guess he, for, he forgot about them. Um, so that was SmackDown. Uh, pretty disappointing in the couple of minutes. Sorry, I have six minutes, but I don't think we need all of that. Uh, any additional thoughts, Daniel? Uh, it's look, you, you watch dynamite this Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Can I ask you what, what, so honestly, so this was live. That was taped weeks ago. Which show did you like better of bro? Uh, you know what? Uh, it's such a toss up because a lot of the Britt Baker stuff I didn't care about. Um, I like her. She's grown. Anyway, but, I uh, to me, I, I, I preferred dynamite i just think that they are handling the the empty arena shows a lot better and that was taped three four weeks ago and i still Mm -hmm. felt it was fresher i know that they made some they inserted some videos that they would have probably recorded in the last few days Mm -hmm. um but i thought i wasn't bored Mm -hmm. Uh, like it, it was it was I like that they have some people at ringside making noise. Mm-hmm. So th- I think they're just doing, they're handling the whole thing better. Uh, tonight's show wasn't awful, mm-hmm. but it was, it was pretty boring for the most part. Yeah. Alex, I don't know if you caught dynamite, but wh- you know, even comparing it to the last time we watched dynamite, what, what would be your thoughts here in the last five minutes? Dynamite's crisp, but WWE just has the star power and the promo power. It's just such a well-produced show. So they keep the energy up. Even though it's bad, it's still mm-hmm. good. And to that point, Daniel, I did watch, it just came back to me now, NXT on, uh, I watched them Thursday because the broadcast rights are ridiculous here. But, um, you know, when you look at the stuff they're doing with Dakota Kai and Tegan Knox and, you know, Raquel Gonzalez and, uh, they brought in uh, Shotzi Blackheart as her new, like those four women are better than any of the women on AEW. And it just becomes a talent issue, right? Like you talk about Velveteen Dream and Finn Balor. I think those guys are better than Hager and Moxley. Like Moxley was the worst part of the shield. And, uh, you know, Hager uh, can't talk and needs his wife who's never done anything before to do promos and his trainer. Like I just, I can't, you know, and, and you know, commentary, uh, it's Tony Chavon. Like, Jericho's quite good, but after Jericho, uh, it's just JR past his prime and Tony Chavon, give him a bone. And um, I forget, Excal- I forgot Excalibur works for him. I honestly do. Well, he's been, well, right. He's the, the one AEW original, and he hasn't been there uh, due to this. That's unfortunate for him. Uh, Jericho and, and, and Tony Chavon, they have a good chemistry. For me. I, I give him credit. Yeah. They do have a good chemistry. Yeah. Um, I just, again, we, we've talked about this. There's a lot of ex-WWE guys. You know, you talk about Matt Hardy. More is coming. Yeah, and even the Archer stuff. You know, you I give them a lot of credit for the things you said, but they don't do a spot where a guy punches a fan. Like, <laughs> just undermine, like what's the point of having, like, a selected, spaced-out audience and then have Larcher just... Uh, well, I assume that wasn't a fan. I assume that was a, a wrestler. I know. Well, and then you get into this weird thing where wrestlers are fans. And um, I forget the guy who got killed by Guevara, but he went from a guy in the crowd to now a wrestler. And it makes the whole product feel so small. Uh, like, you know, Billy Gunn and his son there. 
And like, I, Billy, you know, I, I don't think Billy Gunn and his son should be at ringside, but yeah. Yeah. And I don't even, I, I think I'm be, you know, I was excited about the potential of this passing the torch thing, but it's pretty clear his son sucks. I, I think it's becoming very painfully clear. Like the son is not the father. This is not a Charlotte Flair, Ric Flair situation. This is a Billy Gunn, I forget his son's name situation. Because you don't see, like they wrestle on dark. They, they haven't been on the main show. No, but even on dark, he's not memorable. He's not good. He's just kind of a spoiled brat. He's the son. And he's yeah. trying to be a face and be a spoiled brat. It's, and I listen, I'm not a big fan of Charlotte's work. Her promo on NXT was not great. Her promo on Raw I actually thought was good. But then she did kind of another promo on NXT. I'm like, okay, you stretch Charlotte too far. She can give you one good promo a week. She can't give you two. You got to pick, put her on one show and leave her on that show. And then either have a wrestler wrestle or not show up or something. Um, I'm sorry. I haven't seen NXT this week yet. You're not missing a lot. I'm not going to pretend it was a great show. Um, but there's some good stuff. And Balor is keeping the promo going uh, with Walter, despite the fact Walter's trapped in the UK. Um, but they've kind of found a workaround with him facing Velveteen Dream while Adam Cole avoids the Velveteen Dream, which is sort of creative. Uh, and there are some things happening. There's a cruiserweight tournament, which is a round robin tournament to find a new champion. Funny, huh? They're using the interim belt. Jordan Devlin sitting in his flat in the UK saying, this belt's a fake. And when this quarantine is over, I'm going to come take it back and have two belts. There's a lot of good stuff happening there. I like that. Um, and I'm pretty excited. Although there are some people who are recently released who are in this tournament. Uh, we only have a minute left. So I will thank you, Daniel Shahori and good old AR Alex Ross. Thank you. I don't know when we will do this next. I suspect it will be dynamite, but we shall let you guys know. Take it easy, guys. Bye. Pleasure. Thank you very much. Never Sleeps Network. This has been a Never Sleeps Network production, executive produced by Alex Ross. For more information and content, visit NeverSleepsNetwork.com. 